It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. Today's current opinions and ideas. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Woo-woo, indeed, it is hump day, and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy hump day to you, producer Steve. Uh, yeah, back at you. That's darn camel. You never know when he's going to sneak in here. And then the place smells so bad. <laughs> well, uh, uh, he showed up today. So what can I say? I know he's somewhat undependable from time to time. But, but it is hump day. It's Wednesday. I can't believe how fast time is going. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just zooming by, but, um, several things. First of all, thanks for joining us. As I mentioned, check out our website. It's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there and uh, you'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests as well as our most recent op-eds and podcasts. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who contribute. Uh, we are an independent voice, and we're searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Socialism ultimately comes down to force, and um, it's never compassionate to take other people's uh, property, their rights, their freedom, or their livelihood via force. And it's whether with a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, or the most recent th- um, force is the government-induced inflation. Uh, so um, I, I just I have so much going on in my brain right now, Steve. There's so many things going on out there. I can hear the traffic jam in your in your brain. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> well, I'll try. I'll try to get get every. I'll try to get rid of this traffic jam and get to some of these important things. First of all, it is Wednesday, which is Wings Day at Hooters restaurants. You buy 20 wings, you get 10 for free. And that's for dine-in or to-go. The girls are coming over tonight, so I will be getting uh, using that special for some of their very delicious smoked wings, Producer Steve. You know, you keep telling us that, and I think I'm going to sneak over there one of these Wednesday nights. It's really not that far away, you know, distance-wise, so I could sneak in there. I, I think you should. And uh, they have lunch specials and happy hour specials as well. So you can find all those on my website under the Sponsors tab. And we've got a big show planned for you today. We're going to have segments two, three, and four. We'll be talking with Dr. Jill Vecchio, as well as Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, about a whole bunch of this COVID vaccine stuff. I want to find out what they think about Joe Rogan and uh, Neil Young. Neil Young now is uh, telling uh, Spotify employees that they should quit their jobs. I mean, this guy is Mr. Tyrant. I can't believe it. (laughs) It's... There's a certain comedic element. Maybe it's just my sick mind, but it's like, can't you just fade into history quietly? What? What is this? What are you doing? 
Well, he wants to censor voices out there. And ultimately, assaulting freedom of speech is one of the most tyrannical things you can do. So he and Joni Mitchell talked about freedom back in the 60s. Well, obviously, they weren't talking about freedom of everyday individuals because they are trying to stand in the way of freedom now. Well, or they were selling records, you know, those big plastic things that we used to. (laughs) That's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. So, hey, one other thing I wanted to mention about uh, regarding Hooters restaurants, and that is the Super Bowl is this weekend, the big game. And if you watch the game at one of the five locations, uh, Hooters locations, that would be Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, Colorado Springs, or Loveland, you can register to win a 65-inch Samsung TV. And so if you're going to get together, and it's, I'm sure it'll be very festive, um, you can sign up for that. So, again, all those details are at my website. One other thing, our America's Veterans Story show this weekend, uh, and that is from 3 to 4 p.m. on all the KLZ uh, platforms. That's KLZ 560 AM, 100.7 FM, the website, and the app. Our, our interview is with a Marine veteran Brian Ivers. And it is a fascinating interview, so you will not want to miss that. Yeah, uh, due to my mismanagement of files, Brian went AWOL momentarily, but we got him back, and he'll be here this weekend. Well, I'm glad that that worked out. I know that you were walking a tightrope for a few hours yesterday, but Amanda worked her magic, and she found it, and so we're very excited that we will be broadcasting that. We had a plan B, and that was we were going to call Brian and do the interview again, but fortunately, that was found, and we're very grateful for that. Let's move to our quote of the day to begin with. And this is by Sir William Osler, first baronet. He was a Canadian physician and one of the four founding professors of John Hopkins Hospital. He created the first residency program for specialty training of physicians. And he was the first to bring medical students out of the lecture hall for bedside clinical training. That seemed like a good idea to me as I look at that. But he was born in 1849. He died in 1919. And this is what he said. I thought it was really appropriate since we're going to be talking with Dr. Jack and Dr. Jill today. He said, one of the first duties of the physician is to educate the masses not to take medicine. (laughs) Isn't that most interesting? So I want to continue on, though. I got so ingrained in the headlines yesterday that I did not share the bill of the day. And so we are bringing that to you today. And that is... Let's see. It is Senate Bill 22099, Sealing Criminal Records. The sponsors are Senators Dennis Heisey, Republican, and Robert Rodriguez, Democrat, and Representative Kerry Tipper. And uh, Senator Heisey has had his name on some very good bills. I'm a little surprised at this one because I see this differently. But as uh, the bill summary is this, it says, The bill requires a consumer reporting agency upon written request from a consumer to disclose to each consumer whose report contains information from criminal justice records. A, each source from which the agency compiled the information, and B, the date on which the information was requested. Currently, there is a process that allows for automatic sealing of criminal justice records for certain drug offenses. The bill extends that automatic sealing to all of the offenses, including civil infractions, that allow the defendant to petition the court for sealing criminal justice records that are not subject to the Victim's Rights Act. 
the bill streamlines the automatic record sealing process and requires the state court administrator to produce an annual report regarding uh, a t- automatic record sealing. The bill makes it unfair uh, unemployment, uh, un- an unfair employment practice to discharge or refuse to promote a person based solely on the contents of a sealed criminal record and makes it an unfair housing practice to refuse to show, sell, transfer, rent, or lease housing based on the contents of a sealed criminal record. The bill requires the Colorado Bureau of Investigation to produce an annual report regarding record sealing. Okay, Steve, where are we at right there? Did, did you follow me? I did. And as we said in the pre-call, this is a tough one. I, I'm really stuck. So I, I, I've tried to look at it, and uh, there's a, a Denver Gazette article that is uh, written by Hannah Metzger that uh, tried to give kind of both sides on this whole thing. But as I looked at it, I, I find that uh, I'm very concerned. It says um, a couple of things here says, we must do what is right for our families and communities, dismantling the cycle of poverty by clearing the path of opportunity for those who have served their sentence and are seeking for better lives. And this is by Tiffany Lennon, who is with the Colorado Center on Law and Policy. She goes on to say, the criminal legal system unfairly targets people of color, and the collateral consequence of criminal records inhibit an individual's ability to get a stable job and safe housing even decades later. Well, I'm somewhat suspect because this is going back into putting people into, into, um, identifying them by color. But it says the bill would also make it an unfair employment practice for employers to fire or refuse to hire an employee because of the contents of a sealed criminal record. Similarly, it would make it an unfair housing practice to refuse to show, sell, transfer, rent, or lease housing because of the contents of a sealed criminal record. And Steve, as I look at this, um, I think you and I both believe in second chances, but this is putting people into groups instead of individuals. So yes, we believe in, in second chances, but we also believe in honest conversations. And what it looks like to me is this bill is sealing these records. So you don't know for sure what that criminal action was. And ultimately, because of that, I think that it will very possibly have the opposite effect of what these politicians say that they want. And, and so it's taking away the honest conversation between two people. And, and basically, it looks to me like government saying you can't have that conversation. This is clearly not a good idea if I'm getting the gist of that correct. Well, I think we're in the same boat. We, be, we do believe in second chances and the redemption of the individual. But there's they're setting up a situation where something can go down later six months one year two years and we find out that the individual maybe wasn't redeemed to the degree we thought they were and someone gets hurt by it right and and again i think it's the unknown at least from this what this looks like to me it's sealing these records so there's this unknown and when there's the unknown uh, somebody will probably make the, the more conservative decision and maybe not give somebody a chance. And that is directly opposite of what these um, politicians say they want to have happen. So to me, this looks like this is uh, an, unnecessary, an, an unnecessary piece of legislation. Uh, two other headlines I quickly wanted to mention. We had Pam Long on... Uh, Gosh, now I can't remember which day it was, but just recently. And take a look at her op-ed 
on our website uh, regarding, uh, I don't have the title in front of me either, but be sure and check that out. But she talks about really the um, cozy partnership between government and politicians and big pharma. And uh, one of the people that she talked about was this Don Comstock, who was uh, the Jefferson with Jefferson County Public Health. And Don Comstock just resigned uh, just this week. And I think that that is really uh, some good news. The other thing we've been watching this Douglas County School Board and, and what is occurring that you know, there's been just a very tumultuous week. But at the meeting, I think it was last night, they started talking about a potential tax increase that they might put on the November ballot. And they may have to be talking about it right now, Steve, because there may be, you know, a certain time frame to do that. But I tell you what, I, as a taxpayer, a community uh, member, a person that's had kids go through the Douglas County School District, when I hear those, the teachers union, uh, just in, in this, um, recording that we have played where the teachers union says that they uh, realized that kids may fall behind if they did a walkout, which the teachers did or a sick out, I guess they did, but that the kids would all be equally behind, but they wanted to create hardship. And I'm thinking all of, of all the stuff families and, and parents have gone through to create hardship so that they can take back power. I'm not sure that I'm ready to step up to the plate and vote a tax increase until we get this whole thing in order. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Well, as you might uh, have figured it out, we were having some technical difficulties. Uh, Kim was doing the show from <clears throat> home this morning, and we lost the link. So what I'm going to do here is the next segment was to uh, do a repeat performance, not a performance, but an interview with uh, Dr. James Weiler and our own uh, Dr. Jill Vecchio. And uh, we're going to bring those two up while we wait to, to get the... Go ahead, Kim, you're on. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we had a little technical difficulty here. I've got this great system that I can broadcast from home. And uh, every once in a while, we have a technical difficulty. So we've been doing some dancing here. So Dr. Jack Lyonsweiler, welcome to the show. And Dr. Jill Vecchio, great to have you. Dr. Jack, uh, let's, uh, let's jump in here. 
There's a lot going on within the uh, vaccine arena right now, and you had just recently uh, written a piece at your Substack Popular Rationalism regarding the Washington Post and uh, ivermectin. So set this up for us, please. Right. So I'm looking at the Washington Post. This, this was January 30th or so. They published an article about the process of publishing new data as a result of COVID. Historically and classically, new data were subject to peer review and would be published in medical and scientific journals. And what's happened is that due to the so-called emergency, online preprint archives have become popular. It's something I've never participated in. But if you write a paper, you analyze some data and you write a paper summarizing your results and communicating those results, you can upload your paper without peer review to one of these online preprint servers. The preprint okay. servers, <clears throat> uh, the papers there, are only a step above press releases from pharmaceutical companies uh, in terms of whether they're reliable or not. And in COVID, we saw fraudulent studies make it all the way to scientific and medical journals, such as the study that said that ivermectin wasn't any good and the study that said that uh, hydroxychloroquine wasn't any good, uh, wasn't useful for COVID. And you know, the, what the Washington Post article did was they said, hey, listen, you know, there, this, is, this is a new powerful way, an information revolution. And, you know, I have, that's one point of discussion, but there was, there was a comment that they threw in there about ivermectin. That they said, not to mention that, uh, you know, the, the, there's, a, there's one study that, that, that um, discussed ivermectin, and and ostensibly showed that it was effective, but now we all know basically that there's a host of serious side effects, uh, and that this study contributed to a host of serious side effects among those who ingested ivermectin. And so I looked at their reference, expecting to see a peer-reviewed study, expecting to see maybe a, a paper on a preprint, but it wasn't that. It was a letter to the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. And this letter to the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine simply cited 21 reported sets of symptoms following ivermectin use based on phone calls to a poison control center in Oregon. That's not science. They talk about the 21 people who called in. About half of them reported uh, they used ivermectin to prevent COVID. The others used the drug to treat COVID symptoms. How do we know? These are phone calls. Uh, they said three persons had received prescriptions from physicians or veterinarians. How do we know? These are phone calls. And 17 had purchased veterinary formulations. How do we know? These are phone calls, right? This is not randomized clinical trial. This is not medical records. This is in the New England Journal of Medicine. And they claim that six were hospitalized for toxic effects from ivermectin use. How do we know? How do you assess causality? Perhaps these people were in a car accident and were hospitalized. Who knows? All six reported prevent the, that prevented uh, all six pre- reported prevented use, including the three that obtained the drug by prescription. Four received care in an intensive unit, but none died. Symptoms were gastrointestinal distress in four persons, confusion in three, 
ataxia and weakness in two, hypotension in two, and seizures in one. Based on 21 phone calls, Washington Post is saying that there's a host of serious side effects. Well, I've got news for you folks. These side effects are not considered serious. Gastrointestinal distress, confusion, ataxia and weakness, hypotension. Okay, one person had seizures, and I personally think seizures can be serious. But if you develop seizures following vaccination, you're told that it's not serious. Go home and, and, and bear it out <clears throat> for children. So I published this article um, levels of evidence. In Science Week, are very concerned of the quality and levels of evidence. Are we dealing with a person's opinion? Are we dealing with a case series, a description of a group of patients? Are we dealing with randomized clinical trials, or are we dealing with what are called retrospective studies? Only one of those can be used to determine causality, and that's a randomized clinical trial. So the, I called the Washington Post out on this, and then, of course, the the, uh, we're so lucky to have the Facebook fact checkers who are so better educated than the scientists like me who decided that my article, they would red flag my article and censored it, calling Washington Post out because I'm complaining about the level of evidence that they're using in their article to assess causality. And it seems to me that there's a, a dichotomy. There's two standards of level of evidence here. If public health wants to turf something like ivermectin, then the level of evidence can be as low as a person's opinion or phone calls to a poison control center. But in terms of safety, if, if there's risks, they'll say the level of evidence can just be basically anything. But if in terms of efficacy, the level of evidence for ivermectin has to be huge. It has to be a long-term randomized, uh, double-blinded, placebo-controlled clinical trial, according to Fauci, and it has to be long-term because it's ivermectin. Well, they don't do long-term trials on vaccines. It's a different level of evidence. So I'm happy to report that this article, Level of Evidence in Washington Post Claims of Ivermectin Toxicity, is one of my most popular articles on popular rationalism. So, <laughs> excuse me, this is part of my effort to educate the public uh, on you know the inconsistencies of the use of science and just science in general. Biomedical research is, uh, you know, my bailiwick. It's what I do. So, I really recommend that people check that out, Dr. Jack Lyonsweiler at Popular Rational, or Substack Popular Rationalism. Uh, Dr. Jack, we're going to go to break. Um, and before we do that, though, on the line with us is Lauren Levy. And he is a great sponsor of both the shows, both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories. And Lauren is a specialist in the mortgage arena. Uh, Lauren Levy, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, Kim. Uh, I, I wanted to talk with you regarding, I haven't been paying attention to the Fed, to interest rates. What is the latest going on with the Fed and their, I call them now their antics? Well, they aren't doing much technically because they've made a, they've tried to make it perfectly clear that they're going to start to raise rates uh, at the March meeting. So we have about, I don't know, four to six weeks till that happens. But the market is kind of taking that as, you know, it's going to happen as reacting already. So you've seen the 10-year Treasury move up to like the mid-190 range, which, you know, that has taken mortgage rates up with it. We're, we're getting to the, you know, the 375 to 4% now on a, on a standard 30-year loan. Okay, so uh, that's still at historical lows, and if if people have not made a change yet, or they want to do a refinance, I would now is still probably a pretty good time to do that, especially with the Fed looking like, and they have to raise interest rates, 
Lauren. I mean, they've kept them down artificially low for so long. Yeah, and it's, you know, those of us that have been in the business for a long time, we realize that, you know, rates have to go up. You have to, it goes in cycles. And this is not the first time this has happened in the last 10 or 15 years. It's probably the fourth or fifth time. It happened in 2019. Rates went up and then came back down for, uh, you know, for whatever reason. But um, it's a normal cycle, and it's still a huge opportunity. People, yeah, I was reading an article yesterday about the level of consumer spending and credit card debt that is back in the, in our country, and people that are carrying credit card debt at 18 19% that could refinance that down to a 4% range, there's still a lot of reasons to, to take a look at things and uh, see if there's a way to save money in your household. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. How can people reach you, Lauren Levy? The best way is to give us a call, 303-880-8881. Again, that's Lauren Levy, with and that number is 303-880-8881. And, Lauren, you and Karen are scheduled to be in studio next week. We've got some really important topics. We need to talk about interest rates and housing, uh, housing prices here in um, Colorado. And so it'll be great to have you in studio next week. Looking forward to it. Okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler and Dr. Jill Vecchio. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. On the line with me is Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. He is the founder for the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. You can find um, much of his commentary at sub, uh, Substack at Popular Rationalism. And uh, also on the line with me is Dr. Jill Vecchio. And you know her. She is a radiologist. She's uh, made a career of helping save women's lives by detecting breast cancer. And she was one of the few people in the country that actually read the complete Obamacare legislation. Dr. Jill, uh, you heard what Dr. Jack had just said regarding his his piece, uh, the fact checkers from Facebook, uh, Washington Post. What's your thoughts on that whole whole thing? I think that you cannot look at the entire COVID information, misinformation mess. And Dr. Dr. Jack has explained over over several shows beautifully how so much of the the COVID narrative makes no medical sense. The way that they're treating it makes no scientific or medical sense at all. 
It can't be justified scientifically or medically. And this is this is the first time in our history that that this is being carried out at such a level through so many different medical organizations, medical societies, media, um, party affiliation, political party affiliations, um, the corporate medicine, physicians themselves are being told and threatened by higher-ups in their state medical boards and their corporate hospital overlords and, and huge medical groups by their medical societies, the AMA, and the and the the fact check organizations are universally owned by the left, and I know I know a lot of physicians and and Dr. Jack I think doesn't like to get into the political side of it, so I will, and he can comment on what I say. But I don't. There is no way that you can look at all of this that's happening and not understand the level of control that. I, I, and I, I believe it's the elite power brokers that are on both sides of the aisle, frankly, but how much control they have now leveraged over our entire country. It's a propaganda machine. This is nothing short of Soviet-style propaganda. It's absolutely amazing to me that anyone could look at Israel Ninety percent. I think they're close to like ninety-eight or ninety-nine percent vaccinated and at least double boosted by now, having a huge outbreak of COVID. And then they still say, "Oh, don't travel to all these different countries unless you've been vaccinated." And it's kind of like, okay, at what point do we say it's not working or it's making these people worse? You know, so- the, the, just the whole. You step back and you look at all of this, and to me, you cannot say that this isn't some organized propaganda uh, propaganda machine that is working worldwide and the World Economic Forum had their event 201 in 2019 on coronavirus to figure out how they were going to handle misinformation how they were going to you know distribute vaccines and all this they had they talked about this whole scenario at the World Economic Forum for crying out loud it was called event 21 you can look it up on YouTube you can see some of the proceedings of course, most of them were done in private, so in secret, so we, those aren't on YouTube, but the initial ones are, talking about a coronavirus pandemic and how they were going to handle all these things. Okay, doc, Dr. Jack, what's your comments on, on Jill's comments? Well, I think it's human nature. Totalitarianism can come from any segment of society. We all you know, know the history of the emergence of totalitarian regimes that we've seen so far. But in reality, people are people everywhere they go, right? So it turns out that the aspects of totalitarianism and the conduit by which that can emerge in societies, it can come from anywhere. It could come from janitors if the society was structured in a way that empowered janitors to become totalitarian rulers. I can't disagree with a single word that she said. I decry the politicization of public health and um, our health, our personal health. But I am absolutely on the same vibe with um, Dr. Vecchio specifically uh, with respect to the World Economic Forum's agenda, pressures from China on World Health Organization, 
absolutely in line with uh, with that line of thinking. And, you know, those types of people are going to do what those types of people do and use any and all tools available to them. That being said, we have to hold our press accountable to certain standards and <clears throat> with Facebook fact checkers not being, you know, sufficiently expert in uh, any aspect of science so far as we know, um, then they uh, they don't practice medicine, they don't run clinical trials, they, they don't analyze data from these studies. Uh, my comments for that article were really calling Facebook out on the futility of their fact-checking. So um, <clears throat> there's, there's so much going on with World Health uh, uh, Organization and disparities between CDC you know, CDC today just came out and said 99%, our study from MMWR says 99% of Americans should still be masking. 99%, and they published a map of the United States all in red, okay? And if you look at their MMWR report, it is crap science. I hate to speak so bluntly about it, but uh, Dr. Vinay Prasad has a great YouTube video on this very report where they claim that the masking is essential and it, it stops transmission and all of this other stuff. And you look at it from the sci- as, as a scientist or a public health expert like Dr. Prasad, and you can see you shoot holes in it uh, very easily. It's, it's very weak. They're desperate to get back to where they were before the vaccine failed, and they can't do it. So it's, it's like watching, it's watching them twist on a vine, really. Uh, they're they're disem- disempowering themselves with every new announcement and pronouncement and edict that they make. The the, the, the public's woken up, and we're not going to take it. The, the public, 60% of the public doesn't trust the CDC. That's amazing. Dr. Jack, I know that there are people still out there that are concerned they're going to be losing their job if they don't get the jab. Yesterday I had a mother and a wife of two of our service members who uh, have refused to take the jab, and they have been ostracized. They have, uh, they're no longer, the the one, um, the husband retired, the son of the other person is uh, still in the service, wanted to be in special forces. Right now, it's basically, uh, they're given menial tasks, they're not able to go to class. Um, so even though it looks like the wheels are coming off the narrative, this this tyrannical force is just astounding to me, Dr. Jack. Yeah, it is. I think it's the duty of every freedom-loving American to not tolerate the persecution of your coworkers because it might be okay for you or it might seem okay for you to take this particular vaccine, but you're next in line for something else in the future unless you stand up. And I think we're seeing a resurgence of labor the labor movement in the United States and the left is nowhere in sight. Historically, there was an alignment between the labor movement and the political left. And what we're seeing are people that simply want to be able to work, feed and clothe and house themselves and their children and their families. And that's it. They don't want their lives disrupted by public health. They don't want their lives disrupted by politics. They're fed up, and that's why the truckers in Canada have decided, since they outnumber the military, since they outnumber the police, they're going to shut down society until the restrictions are lifted, and it's a very effective means of protest. 
It's a peaceful protest. The bloodline of the nation has stopped. Goods don't come across the border. Goods go get transported from town to town, from factory to shop. And we'll see who blinks first. I think uh, Trudeau's in big trouble. Jill, what do you think about Trudeau and the truckers? Uh, obviously, I, I, I support the truckers 100%. And, but what's happening now, though, is that all Trudeau has to say is get on television with this big microphone and say there have been incidents of violence. There have been threats of violence. These aren't peaceful protests. So it's going to be just the flip side of, of the Black Lives Matter, right? So they're rioting and looting and burning and killing and Black Lives Matter, and they're called peaceful protests on the media. Now it's going to be just the opposite, turned against the truckers. So then it will allow them to justify or turn the public against the truckers because it's, you know, and then when people start to suffer, they'll make it even worse and worse and worse. I'm not, you know, you never know how they're going to handle this, but it's, it's whoever has the most power and the biggest microphone that tends to tends to win in the end, or else they're just going to find another way around around the whole thing to get it done, or they nationalize trucking. I mean, you know, honestly, they could they could kind of nationalize a trucking industry or something. I mean, it, it's they have so many different weapons. It'll be interesting to see what they do. But I 100% support the truckers, and I just pray that they're successful in what they do. I think one of the, you know, one, one of the methods that when they interrogate people or, or try to break their spirit of some prisoner of war or something, or, or they want to influence someone um, in their heavy handedness, it's called trauma based mind control. So you keep telling somebody it's like the movie 1984, where uh, the Winston, the lead character is being tortured by his his tyrannical overlord and uh the the overlord is saying saying you know two plus two what's two plus two and winston says four and then he gets tortured no that's not right yes it's right no it's not right until finally winston says two plus he says what's two plus two and winston says whatever you want it to be and that's kind of i see that as kind of where all of this bizarre information, the bizarre handling of everything, the heavy-handedness, the mask mandates, yes, no, yes, no, on, off, up, down, vaccine booster, you know, all this, don't report this, do this, don't do this, count this as a COVID death, now we're going to pay you. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. And it just seems like it's, in some ways, it is that trauma-based mind control where they just have to beat us into submission to a point where we just say, just tell us what to do so we can live our lives. But, and I'm going to toss this over to Dr. Jack and, and what you say, and, and we certainly have seen that Dr. Jill, but I, I also have to say I'm very encouraged because the veil is coming off on these tyrants. This has all been percolating underneath the, uh, the surface for quite some time. And I'm encouraged that the veil is coming off and, what you're doing, Dr. Jack, at uh, Substack with popular rationalism, of course, Jill, all the information you gave regarding Obamacare. But I, Dr. Jack, I'm, a, I'm encouraged that the truth is coming out. We just have to keep doing that. Your thoughts? Well, I'm extremely optimistic because more than half of the United States and certainly I, you know, I'm in touch with a ton of Canadian citizens. I don't think that the misinformation, disinformation campaign is going to be able to sustain itself against reality. 
right? So reality is on our side. That's I'm, I'm, I'm placing my bet on the fact that they're coming up against a hard stop on things like, okay, we just vaccinated all of Israel. Okay, back practically all of Israel. And yet, after the vaccination program, after the boosters, we see more cases than ever, right? 140% uh, vaccination, if you count it with the boosters, right, in terms of total coverage, and you have more cases than ever. We, you know, the evidence is, is counter to their narrative, and so all they can do is narrative mind, and we do have the ability to shift things politically. If I told you in 2021 that the truckers in Canada would shut down society over vaccine restrictions, over COVID restrictions, you'd think I was crazy, right? This is a remarkably powerful and empowering event. All of these truckers have families. They have families that they're related to, their siblings and their nieces and nephews, et cetera, and their parents. And they also have their own families with children and they have neighbors. So it's much more than the truckers. They know that these people are not violent. They know that these people are good people. And the truckers have done their duty. The thing of it is, in terms of Canadian culture, the truckers have got their message out that they've done their duty. They've they've vaccinated and they've continued to work through COVID to keep society alive. Now you're going to say to these same people that they can't go here and they can't go there unless they take a booster? No, they're not going to tolerate it. And more importantly than the truckers themselves, they're modeling how to stand up. And that's why I think it's important that people start being concerned about taking care of their neighbors, taking care of their coworkers. rights. The rights of everyone are important. We know this fundamentally. It's in our DNA, right? We don't think things that are unfair should, should sustain. It's just part of who we are as a species. And we, there are selfish people. The, the, the pathway to the future where we disempowered these uh, public health tyrants is through communication and sharing. And so please do share the popular rationalism articles that you see. There's more coming. Uh, Pfizer's about to go to uh, the FDA and the FDA is going to hold a meeting and try to consider an emergency youth authorization for the COVID-19 vaccine for six months old to four-year-olds. Well, we have an opportunity right now. Right now, we have an opportunity to talk to Verbeck. That's the committee. I'm going to publish tomorrow an article on popular rationalism that explains exactly how the public can get involved in informing Verbeck that the public knows that the science that Pfizer did was probably illegal. It was probably illegal. Why would it be illegal? Because you're not supposed to do experiments on people unless there's potential benefit to them. And there's no risk to COVID for this age group yet there's no risk now because they're not vaccinating but once you start vaccinating six month old to four years old then you're going to see a spike in covid because of antibody dependent enhancement i can't tell you how many people i know who are not scientists who understand exactly what i just said that's remarkable that's a cause for hope antibody dependent enhancement occurs when this the antibodies uh that are focused on a virus to fight off a virus, work with the virus to enhance cell entry. And that is what has happened in COVID. I have an article that reviews the science by Dr. Fantini, and we spoke about it in a previous episode here, that 
when we start vaccinating six to four months old, and there are virtually no cases now, and we see a spike in COVID cases, if that, first of all, it's illegal to do experiments, like I was saying, on, on people that cannot personally benefit. We have an opportunity right now. It's going to be February 12th, 13th, 14th, somewhere around there that the Verback meeting is going to take place. They haven't announced, announced it yet. But I'm going to publish the email to the chair of the Verback committee, and I'm going to include in, it, in it the email to the chair of the SEC. The SEC should be interested that there was a data leak about the data from Pfizer on the apparent efficacy and safety of their vaccine in six months olds to four years old, a data leak to the New York Times. We need to complain to the SEC about this data leak because all the statements that come from Pfizer should come with forward-looking statements. When New York Times publishes that there's good science behind this and that it looks like it's effective in reducing the number of cases, the stock value of Pfizer is going to go up. They're cheating. They're cheating. They're cheating. So we need to get the SEC involved. Further, the actual science itself is bogus. They combined phases one, two, and three in the clinical trials for ages six months to four years. Uh, and this is a violation of what they're supposed to do for an EUA. So the data are not there. Uh, and in this article, I'm going to outline, outline all of the uh, shortcomings and make some predictions about what, what they're going to do and what the data, final data are going to look like. And the time to take action is now. We don't have to wait for them to open it up for public comment. We can write to them by email and say, hold my comments until the open, open, open comment period. Okay. Uh, I tell you what, let's go to break. Um, before we do that, though, I've got on the line with me Dr. James Lansweiler and Dr. Jill Vecchio. I uh, want to give a shout-out to a great sponsor of the show, and that's Kirsch Insurance Group. Uh, they are spe- specialists in the Medicare arena. And uh, right now, if you have an Advantage plan, you can make a change on that. And there's no cost to check and uh, check in with Kirsch Insurance Group to find out if you can save yourself some money and get a better plan. So their website is iKirsch, I-K-I-R-S-C-A. Ikirsch.com. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And before we get over here back to Dr. Jack and Dr. Jill, I uh, want to give another shout out to uh, Castlegate uh, Knife and Tool. They're a family-owned business located right here in Sedalia, Colorado. Uh, Hal and Linnea Van Herkey are true entrepreneurs, and uh, they have a, a wide range of uh, selection there. 
So whether or not you are a chef or a sportsman or a collector, Castlegate Knife and Tools, the place for you, a great place to get a birthday gift or even a Valentine's gift. So be sure and check out Castlegate.com. That's Castlegate.com. And uh, let them know that you know me. Uh, Dr. Jill Vecchio, uh, Dr. Jack was just talking about this antibiotic antibody i think enhancement and how if you get this vaccine or jab if you will it's not really a vaccine experimental drug that in it could work then the way i understand it with the virus to possibly uh, i i think be help me out does it make you sicker or, or what is that exactly dr jill it can, it can take various forms, and Dr. Jack can explain it, and we've talked about it a few times. And this is this is an absolutely critical thing that people need to understand. They knew about this when they developed the vaccines. They knew that respiratory viruses uh, could do this, respiratory syncytial virus, which is really common in kids in the winter. That's why children's hospitals always fill up during the winter with RSV season with kids. They tried to make a vaccine to it years ago. And the animals were dying right and left once they were reintroduced to the virus after getting the vaccine. There's something about these, a bunch of respiratory viruses. I think Ebola was the same way. Um, they tried stuff with HIV. It did the same thing. And, uh, and coronavirus did the same thing when they were trying to find a cure for the common cold, right? The vaccine that would cure the common cold. It never worked. They never made it out of animal studies because the animals, so many of the animals died because the vaccine itself seems to, oh, like uh, act, kind of activate the immune system in a weird way that when the, the subject or the animal was reintroduced to the virus, another same, you know, same kind or very similar enough virus, that the immune system would start to go crazy. And, and it does all kinds of bizarre things like what we're seeing with covid that they would have worse respiratory symptoms. It would turn into like this autoimmune inflammatory uh, storm. Like the, I don't, it's not the same method. There are a whole bunch of different pathways from what I can understand that it will affect, but multi-organ failure, um, you know, all kinds of kind of pseudo autoimmune things. And, uh, and that's what's, I believe strongly that that is the main thing that's happening. You, it's hard to explain any other way why there are so many deaths. And okay. I, it boggles my mind that they're completely ignoring, and nobody, they're not talking about this, but if they did, they would have to acknowledge they knew about it ahead of time, and they did know about it ahead of time, and they never did the proper studies. Okay. Dr. Jack, uh, um, question on this. People believe the narrative out there has been that uh, if they get COVID, but they've been vaccinated, that their symptoms are less. So that's one of the first questions I want to ask. And then I got to comment on these uh, trials on these children. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's that they would inject these kids with with this uh, this jab when there's really no risk to the kids of COVID. So I guess two things. Question. Uh, when people say, oh, I, I didn't have COVID as bad because I was vaccinated, what would you say to that, Dr. Jack? Well, they don't know how bad their COVID would have been had they not been vaccinated. As an individual, they have no idea. And the data are cooked on that very point. Remember that the CDC defines fully vaccinated as a person who has received both jabs, Pfizer and Moderna, two weeks later after the second jab. 
That's five weeks of a period of time where people who are vaccinating can get COVID, can get serious COVID, and can die. And that is the time period in which these infections are more risky. Right? You're developing antibodies. The antibodies help the virus enter the cells, and you get worse disease. Those data are not in the vaccinated the way CDC is doing their books. So they're not including this. And we have many examples of this from across the country where public health departments are also following CDC's lead and defining fully vaccinated as people two weeks after their last dose. If you get a single dose, it's two weeks after your, your, your single dose, right? But now we also have this problem with Gibraltar. Gibraltar had basically no COVID last summer. Then they started a booster program in August and now they, they, they had to cancel Christmas. That's antibody dependent enhancement, right? So uh, <clears throat> that's the first question. What was the second point? The, the other one is, uh, we've only got about a minute left on this, and that is doing trials on these little kids. And then tomorrow you're going to have information at Substack, Popular Rationalism, on instructions, what people need to do, correct? To yeah, fight absolutely. This? So all of the ethical, the breaches of ethics and law, are going to be published at popularrationalism.substack.com. You'll see it. Uh, if you just go to uh, your favorite search engine and type in popular rationalism and Lions Weiler, then you'll find it. Uh, tomorrow it will come out uh, at 11, 11 Eastern Standard Time. And make sure that you use the power of your voice to tell Verbeck that you know what's going on in your own words and share this article everywhere because we need thousands of emails to Verbeck telling them that we are not going to tolerate an EUA because an EUA is the same thing as a mandate now. We're going to have to wait. The safety data for this EUA is two months, two months, eight weeks. Okay. Well, Dr. Jack, we're out of time. Thank you so much. We'll get you guys scheduled again for next month. But again, popular rationalism at Substack tomorrow will have all the instructions. Dr. Jack, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both. And Dr. Jill, uh, thank you also. You bring so much knowledge to this, and I appreciate your thoughts as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Okay, and our quote for today is from William Osler, and he says, Be calm and strong and patient. Meet failure and disappointment with courage. Rise superior to the trials of life and never give in to hopelessness or despair. In danger, in adversity, cling to your principles and ideals. So, my friends, today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.